This is Chapter 9, Part 2 of The War on Waste Paradox, read by Lynn Bertain. It's not enough to simply make the job more efficient, Dr. Elby said. That might be making waste more efficient. Efficiency experts have been doing that for years. Once we have the question on the table, we can get into the other questions later. Do you see what I'm saying, Andrew? Andrew was still puzzled. You know, I see what you're saying, and I follow your logic, but I'm not able to see what makes this program different. How can you say that there won't be any firings? There have to be. There have to be a lot of them to turn this company around quickly. You have to stop bleeding before it gets out of control. The easiest way to fix things in companies is to re reduce headcount. It's the American way. Cut personnel, lower your costs. One of my brother's consulting friends told me that he calls that POPs, people off payroll. I guess you have a doubting Thomas syndrome, Dr. Elby said. You know, you won't believe it unless you see it. I don't know how to answer you other than let you see what happens over the next several weeks. I would like you to be impressed. Maybe you will, but maybe you won't. But I have a great confidence in all of you that it, you will make it work. Is that fair? Andrew again agreed. You know, this doubting Thomas is willing to make it happen, I, but I guess I'm just cautious. I would hate to have anyone around this place hurt by false expectations of security. I like this approach and what you're doing, but I also like to be careful. It might save everyone a lot of grief if the issue was on the table. Mr. Grimes smiled at Andrew and asked Dr. Elby if he could have the floor for a moment. Dr. Elby stood back and Mr. Grimes began. Andrew, I'm very with concerned. I'm very impressed with your comments. I liked your approach. It was very professional. At that point, everyone in the room began to applaud spontaneously for Andrew's performance. He was visibly, visibly proud of Mr. Grimes' acknowledgement. Mr. Grimes sat down and Dr. Elby walked to the front of the classroom. Andrew, I also appreciate what you said. It took a lot of courage, and it was appropriate lead-in for what we we're going to do next. As we move forward, we're going to examine all of the work done in the factory. We're also going to be looking at the way paperwork is moved around the organization. We're going to look at each work location and how it is organized. We're going to ask again and again, is this the right work? Is that the right work? As we understand each location and the technology associated with that location, we're going to need to know how we can control the work. How can we measure whether we're doing a good job or not? Dr. LB turned and went to the blackboard. Actually, it was a whiteboard. He was thinking or maybe distracted. Something was bothering him. As he turned to the face of class, he said, Okay, you ready? Let's talk about measurement. He was obviously very excited about this subject. You could see it in his eyes. He was more energized than any of us had seen him before. He went to the board, picked up the marker, and turned to the class. You know, we've been doing this process for a number of years, and the most important part of what we do is to teach you about measurement. We don't mean measurement in the traditional sense. We mean measurement that makes a difference in how we work. Let me ask you a question, Buck. How do you know that you've done a good job today? At the end of the day, how do you know? I don't, Buck replied. I do my job, and at the end of the day, if no one has yelled, maybe then I've done a good job. Everyone chuckled at that, and Dr. Elby shot back. Wouldn't you like to know? 
I mean, wouldn't you like to know whether you've done a good job? Buck seemed to like these exchanges with Dr. Elby and responded smartly, Yes, Dr. Elby, I would like to know. I bet you have something to show us, don't you? Yes, I do, Buck. Would you like to find out? Again, Buck was laughing as he acknowledged the game. Yes, I would, Dr. Alby. Why don't you tell us? I will, with your support. Dr. Alby turned to the board and wrote while he was talking. There are two major ways that we like to measure. Yes-no charts and world record reports. Yes-no charts tell us when we need to modify a behavior, like coming in late or a truck not leaving on time. When you combine the no-blame philosophy with yes-no charts, you can start to modify behavior. Whereas the world record reports tell us about the process, you want to know immediately how well you are performing in a process, and the world record reports continuously remind us of how we are doing in relation to the best-ever performance of a particular process. We report these records daily. This will give you the feedback that you obviously need to know if you're doing a good job. Dr. Elby stopped for a second and asked if there were any questions. Bonnie immediately raised her hand. I see how the yes-no charts might work for something like whether the chuck truck leaves on time, either it did or it didn't. And you report it. You use the red X to show that it was no and a green to show that it was yes. I see that. But truck departures seem different than tardiness. Why would yes-no chart some behavior problems like people coming in late? Dr. Elby asked class, can anyone help Bonnie? Tony jumped in. I don't know why you want to measure behavior. Why don't you just measure the output of the group? Use that world record report or any other form to measure it. Dr. Elby turned to Bonnie. He's asking you a good question. Bonnie responded, uh, we need everyone in our group to be here on time. Then we could start measuring our output. So the behavior that we need to measure is do people care about coming into work? We measure that by asking a question. Did everyone get here on time? She hesitated. Oh, I see. You will be measuring the behavior. But this will this correct the behavior? She looked at Dr. Elby for help. Tony, Tony jumped back in. Why not measure the individuals? Did each person get on in on time? I think if you post that, you'll modify behavior real quick. Dr. Elby replied, suppose you did put everyone's name up. Would that help? Buck spoke up. I see what you're getting at. If you measure the team's performance and not the individual's performance, you may get the behavior you want. I know I wouldn't mo want my name up there, but I know that if I came in late and it would affect the measurement, I, on my, measurement of my team, I would be angry with myself for letting the team down. In that case, it would modify my behavior. Mr. Grimes stood up. Buck, I'm really excited by what you said. It made an awful lot of sense. Then he turned to Dr. Elby. Is this what you intend with yes-no charts to do? It makes sense, but I don't see why you don't measure the individuals. Buck had an answer and could hardly wait to respond. That's what it's effective about this, Mr. Grimes. You measure the team's performance and not the individual's. I guarantee this. If your behavior affects the way I'm being measured, then we will have an adjustment attitude session. Everyone sort of chuckled. Buck was on a roll. But suppose that we don't need to be here on time, and it's all a bunch of bull. Then what do we do? 
Dr. Elby turned to the class. Does anyone have any help for Buck here? Bonnie responded, I don't think this will work if everyone doesn't agree that being on time is important. We have that problem in my area, and I think it's because one person doesn't believe it's important to be here on time. Everyone else in our area thinks that it is important. Dr. Elby interrupted. This is what teamwork is all about. You have to reach a consensus that it is important for all the team members to be in the, on time to do their jobs. Suppose someone is handling the sales interface with your East Coast reps. Does that person have to get in early? You have to really look at the work of your team. If the work that you've defined says that you all need to start on time, then so be it. But if you can have flex hours and still get your job done, then maybe you're worrying about the wrong things. Maybe it really isn't important to come in at 8 o'clock. And the way you only, only way you find that out is to talk about it openly. As a quick overview of the power of the yes-no chart, consider the following examples from one of our war and waste projects. This is a fun story to tell. The president and the number of employees were having a problem shipping orders on time. It turns out that about six people were making commitments to customers about what was going to ship. So the first thing they did was centralize the decision in one person's control. That was now the single point of control for all the orders. This company shipped oh, probably 300 orders per day. If they shipped 299 orders on time and one was late, was that a yes or a no? Buck chimed in, a big fat no, he said. Boy, was this ever get cool if we made that happen here. I noticed that they had 14 days of no's. The chart basically showed this. The question above the yes-no chart is, did all orders ship on time? And then they went 14 days of no's. Then on the 15th day, there was a yes. Then two red no's, red X's three red yeses, two red noes, a yes, two noes, five yeses, and it didn't go any further than that. Yes, they did, Buck. And one of the funny stories of this client is that when we were doing the analysis prior to creating the yes-no chart, one of the less-than-sterling characters of the company raised his hand during the class and said, if we treat customers this way, why do we have any customers? He went on, I wouldn't do business with us. The CEO was shocked by this. He reasoned that if this less than spectacular employee felt that his company was a loser, it was a loser. So he wanted this program to work. To do this, he gave everyone in the company an incentive. If they could all get the orders on time for one day, he would buy pizza for everyone. As you can see the chart, they took 14 days to get there. Now, the CEO was a skeptic. He didn't believe that was quite right. He felt that something was fishy, and sure, there, sure enough, there was. The shipping clerk, who reported on the results, had noticed that all orders were on time except one. He just delayed it to Monday. The employees got their pizza, and so the CEO raised the bar to three days in a row. From the chart, as you can see, they got pizza two days later. He raised it again, five days in a row, and for that they could get the sit-down dinner for their families. They got it. After that, 
the company had not missed an order for over eight months. Now, my reason for telling you this story, Dr. Elby went on, is that the yes-no chart is a powerful tool to hold you all accountable, and it's totally based on the war on waste principle. Another one of the tools, measurement tools, is the World Record Report. That's the end of Chapter 9, Part 2. Look forward to seeing you in the next reading. Thank you very much.